Today's video is about the link between alcohol and suicide. And it's a really deep topic. So I'm not gonna be able to do it a great amount of justice in this uh, introduction, but I'm gonna do my best to introduce some of the core concepts. I'm Kevin O'Hara for alcoholmastery.com. Um, my job is to help alcohol users become non-alcohol users. Now, alcohol is a poison. When you let this poison into your body, there are consequences, you know, there's the consequences that we, we all know about, in drunkenness, whatever that may mean, um, the hangover. And then, you know, you go up to consequences such as cirrhosis of the liver, or, you know, there's a lot of conditions that can occur because you've been drinking alcohol, and a lot of those conditions will happen concurrently, not separately. So if you've got um, cirrhosis of the liver, you're likely to have other conditions as well. Um, but at the top end of the scale, um, the top end consequence is most certainly suicide. So why am I talking about alcohol and suicide now? Um, I've just come back from the States. It was my first time in uh, the States, first time in New York. And I was over there to do a podcast with um, Ed Mullins, who is the president of the Sergeants Benevolent Association. They're the union uh, for uh, New York's finest sergeants. And they've just got a huge problem there. Um, and I met a lot of people there. The producer of the show, Pam Leone, um, was very kind. Uh, Ed himself was such a, a, a nice fella. And I met a lot of um, police officers and ex-police police officers. And, you know, a lot. the top topic was on suicide and they're just experiencing what can only be described as an epidemic of suicide within the police force. Um, I think there was 12 people who's taken their own lives, 12 um, officers that have taken their own lives this year so far. And this is just a timely, it's one of those times of the year when I think it can get on top. So um, you can see the podcast, by the way, in January. I'll be putting it out um, as part of our, our January package. And uh, we also did uh, uh, some part of it in a documentary as well. I'm not sure when that's going to come out. I've talked to a lot of people over my time since I stopped drinking alcohol. Um, I've talked to a lot of people who've got um, alcohol problems because of the jobs that they do. Uh, I've spoken to cops, ex-cops, military, ex-military. I've talk, spoken to college professors, psychologists, um, a lot of people who are just stressed out in their lives and I really wanted to help as much as I can. And you know, one of the few ways that I can really help is to try and highlight this connection, this link between alcohol and suicide. You know, it's just a fact that alcohol is killing more and more people. Um, three and a half million people the last time I looked, every single year, according to the World Health Organization. Suicide rates are up. When you mix the two, when people get a, an autopsy because um, they've killed themselves and they perform an autopsy on the, uh, on the, the bodies, nearly 30% of the women that have been autopsied have been found to um, have the criteria of alcohol uh, abuse or dependency. And a staggering, a staggering 70% of males. And one third of completed suicides, they found alcohol in the bloodstream. You know, when you look at this in the long term, 
you can see that alcohol is the cause of progressive life deterioration leading to negative thoughts, negative behaviors, negative life. But in the short term, alcohol can act as an intensifier, as an accelerant to um, problems in the moment. Um, it can lead to catastrophizing thoughts. So all your thoughts become much more worse when you've been drinking alcohol if you've got problems already. And many suicidal thoughts or suicides are the results of um, not only your biology, but your, uh, your psychology, what you're thinking at the time. Um, they're the result of the environment that you live, the people that you're hanging around with. And these can really lead to your psychology being affected, which can lead to suicidal thoughts and pave the way for suicidal acts. The problem is that um, alcohol can appear to provide a certain psychological relief in the moment, right? You know, relief from your stress and from your worries and from your burdens. You know, you get a few drinks down you and you don't worry about it anymore. But it doesn't solve any problem. You know, there's no problem ever solved by alcohol. And the problem is that when you're using alcohol as a crutch, when you're using alcohol as something to decompress in this way, it has long-term psychological effects. It has long-term physical effects to you. Um, and that, you know, it just creates this massive, uh, vicious circle in your life. You know, it affects not only you, it affects your job, it affects your, um, your abilities to earn, it affects you in terms of your relationships, your finances. And this all just, as I say, creates this vicious circle, which causes more and more and more and more problems. And not only have you got this increased psychological distress, you've got um, an increased aggressiveness because of your alcohol and because of all the problems that are surrounding you. Um, alcohol also, also causes impulsivity. You know, you act on an impulse. And we've talked about the cognitive constriction. You know, this, your mind just can't think properly about these things. You know, you can't think about alternative coping strategies the more you get into it. And I'm not talking about just when you're drunk. This is something that will affect you when you're so-called sober as well, you know. Your mind is just not capable under the long-term influence of alcohol to come up with alternatives. And this is the big problem because you back yourself into this corner where you find it very, very difficult to get out of. And, you know, this is one of the, the solutions, as we said earlier on in this video, the, the consequences, that far-reaching consequences on the, on the far side of that scale, one of those is contemplation of suicide. And then it becomes the ultimate surrender. You know, people start to give up on life because they feel like they're being backed into a corner so much that, you know, they don't feel that there's a way out. But there's always a way out, right? There's always a solution to the problems. And the first thing that I would suggest to everyone is to stop drinking, you know, stop this. Yeah, this is a poison which, as I said, is not only poisoning your body, it's poisoning your mind. Um, you know, once you get away from alcohol, you will start to see a certain fog lift. You will start to see alternative strategies opening up to you, that there are other things that you can do. I've been there, but only when I've been drinking. You know, it's only when I've been drinking that I have had those thoughts where I felt like I couldn't go forward, that I had this hopelessness or helplessness, where I had thoughts of desperation or um, just thoughts where you, you get a certain type of a learned helplessness when you drink alcohol. 
um, because you're relying on something outside of yourself to solve a problem which can only be solved from the inside. And like I said, I never got those thoughts when I was sober, when I was not drinking. It was only because the alcohol reduces your inhibitions. It gives you this disinhibition and then that creates an environment where you can start thinking hopeless thoughts or helpless thoughts where you can start thinking that there's no there's no point you know and I've been on both sides of this um, you know I've, I've been on the side where somebody very close to me took their own life and I'm telling you it was devastating devastating you know because you just don't know what to think you don't know how to think about something like that you know, one minute this person is there and you know they've got problems and you know they've got issues but you you never think they're going to go that far and then all of a sudden they're gone and you're left with this idea that there's something you could have done about it that you take a blame onto yourself that is not your fault you know because you, it's not up to you you know you didn't do this and then you start to think, well, what could I have done? What could I have done differently? Why did the person do this? And these are two questions that you'll never get answers to because a person is gone. And those questions, those reasons, those that's gone with them. So for the people who are left behind after a suicide, as I said, it's completely devastating, completely devastating. There's a tremendous pain and the feeling of, of helplessness. You know, what could you have done differently? What could you have said to them? How could you have? You know, this video is aimed primarily towards people who are drinking, um, alcohol and suicide, and alcohol and suicidal thoughts. But it can be used by anybody who is contemplating or is, uh, you know, has those kind of thoughts running through their, their heads. The problem is that alcohol and drinking is one of the most important, one of the most significant risk factors involved with suicidal uh, thoughts and suicidal behaviors. All alcohol use leads to a form of cognitive constriction, which leads to um, impaired thinking. And that impaired thinking then leads to um, cutting off possibilities, right? It, re it reduces your ability to think about alternatives, to think about alternative solutions, to think about alternative coping strategies. And it basically pulls you into, this is the only tool that you've got. You've heard about the, um, the guy who walks around and the only tool he's got is a hammer and he thinks that the world is a nail. Well, that's basically what happens here. You, uh, a person who is drinking, that is their solution to most of the problems in life is to drink more. And like any other part of life, you know, if you're a regular viewer of my channel, you know that I talk about the handicapping ability of alcohol. Um, and it really does handicap your thinking. It handicaps your thinking, it handicaps you mentally and physically. Um, but it restricts not only your thinking, it restricts not only your abilities as a physical person to get out there and do things, but it restricts your opportunities. And in terms of problem solving, Alcohol is never going to solve any problems. It's only going to make things worse. You know, there are solutions out there. You know, there's a solution to almost any problem that you have, but you're not going to find it at the bottom of a bottle. And when you try to solve 
problems, when you try to solve your problems through drinking alcohol, you just put yourself into this vicious circle. You know, there's three perspectives to look at here. The first perspective is that we've already talked about this, you're never going to solve your problems through drinking alcohol. Um, the second perspective is that your problems are most likely going to magnify, uh, intensify while you're drinking alcohol, right? This, you know, it's when you haven't solved the problem, you drink to get away from the problem, but you wake up in the morning, that problem is a little bit worse because you didn't solve it, you didn't try and solve the problem, right? And the third perspective is that when you do this over and over again, when you have an accumulation of this thinking, you are more, more than likely going to create new problems. So your problems are actually going to multiply um, because of your alcohol drinking behavior. And all of this means that you're increasing your problems in your life. You're, you're making your life much more difficult and you're making it much more likely that you're going to try and disappear into something instead of to try and solve those problems and to, instead of to try and find those solutions. And I think this is a big problem for people who are at the end of their tether like this. So before we move on, I want to go back to where I started this, talking about the uh, New York City Police Department and cops everywhere, uh, first responders everywhere. First responders are the gatekeepers. They're the, um, the first finders. They're the first contact that is made with people who are in this situation who are at risk of suicide. Um, they identify these people and they can refer them to, uh, to get help to others, you know, to doctors and people in the medical profession or people in the psychiatric profession so that they can find help. Yet more and more cops are taking their own lives. And, you know, there's more cops that have taken their own lives than those that are being killed in the line of duty. And these cops are not seeking help because they're afraid of the repercussions of what might happen to them and the families if, you know, they stand up and they say, look, I've got a, I've got a psychological problem that needs to be helped with, or I've got a contextual problem. I've got a problem in in my life that needs to be dealt with and I can't deal with it on my, no my own, I need help. So they're afraid of those consequences. So, um, you know, that's got to change. And I think it is changing slowly but surely. I want to show you a clip now from Ed Mullins and he put out a, um, a message to the members of his union and to the New York Police Department in general, to police officers all over. And this same message can be Put out to anyone who's feeling like they need help that that I have that has had or are having suicidal thoughts. Um, so have a look at this. Weeks away from Christmas, I think everyone knows as we approach the holiday season, the issue of suicide seems to increase. Some of the major causes that or contributing factors, I should say, to suicidal relationships, depression, alcohol, finance. These issues seem to uh, pop up more during the holiday season. I'm asking each and every member of law enforcement, and I don't care what your rank is, if you have a police officer yourself suffering with loneliness, or you know that there's some type of an issue that's occurring, I want you to call the SBA office. I'll leave a link down below to the rest of Ed's talk. You can go and have a look at that. It's only a couple of minutes long, if you um, if you so wish. Now, what do you do if you know somebody or if you have the feeling that somebody is is suffering from this, is suffering from something, and you 
think that they're, they might be pushing themselves. The first thing is just to be straightforward and to ask them, you know, ask them, are you having thoughts about suicide? Are you having thoughts about killing yourself? Um, you're not planting a seed with these people. That is a complete myth. What you're doing is you're opening the door for someone to, um, to share with you. Research shows that um, it's better to talk. You're showing these people that you care, right? You're showing people that somebody cares about what is happening to them. And that is an important aspect of this. The next thing is to listen. You know, don't be judgmental. Listen in a non-judgmental way. What you're trying to do here is you're not trying to convince people that they're wrong or that suicide is wrong or any of that stuff. You're just trying to um, be there for them. All that other kind of stuff is going to shut down communication, shut down opportunities for people. So don't do that. You know, leave that to professionals if you can steer them towards that way. Um, but above all, you have to let them know that you care and that you're there to help them. Ask them if they need help, if they want help and how you can help them and what other support they would like um, if you can offer it to them. You know, there are many levels that lead up to that kind of thinking. There's many signposts along the way that tell you, you know, you're heading in the wrong direction. So you need to take action. You need to ask for help. Get help because there is no undo button. You know, you can't reverse certain decisions in your life. There was a time in my life seven, eight years ago when I was going through some dark times. I was having dark thoughts uh, about myself and my alcohol use and my life in general. And my uselessness, the uselessness of what I was doing, the uselessness of my life, right? But I didn't give in, right? I, I found this one small reason to take the next step, to make a small change. Just one small reason, that's all I needed. And I made one simple change, which was getting rid of, of alcohol, right? I stopped drinking. Um, you know, and alcohol was something which was blasting through my life like a wrecking ball. And that one small decision, that one small choice, um, just changed my life forever. And you know, it is just one of those changes. You make one change after another change after another change, and before you know it, you're on to a different track. You know, change is just another word for hope. Uh, when you make a small change in your life, it shouts out to you that you believe that tomorrow can be better than today, right? And it doesn't rely on luck or good fortune or anything. It relies on just you making a small change, on taking a step forward, on making a little change. You know, it's amazing how the smallest of changes can bring you the biggest of impacts. Um, one of the things that I've started doing recently in my life is uh, just changing some of the things that I want to do outside of myself, right? And pushing myself and um, expanding my comfort zone a little bit. And one of those things has been rock climbing. Uh, I've just started out, um, but I've been reading a lot of videos. I haven't done much rock climbing yet as it stands, but um, one of the things that fascinates me about this whole thing is just the, the equipment that's used. You know, the rope is um, a relatively new thing. I mean, years ago they used to use uh, yachting rope or, um, you know, some people used to probably cope with washing line or something like that, you know, if you believe that. But when you look at the rope nowadays, it's very strong, it's very flexible and it will hold your weight, but it's made up of tiny fibres. And each of those tiny fibres, when bound together, gives you that strength. 
same if you go down to the gym, if you want to have big biceps, you've got to put in the repetitions, you've got to put in the sets, you've got to put in the sessions. And it's only when you repeat those over and over and over again that you get somewhere. And it's the same thing here. So there's always a way out, right? You know, fair enough, you can't go back to the beginning. You can't go back to when you were 20 and start all over again and do all that kind of stuff. But for me, I wouldn't want to go back to that. You've got an opportunity to, to stop what you're doing and to, as I say, make those small little changes and move in the direction that you want to go. There is ample evidence that people who have gone through troubles in their lives, they come out of it much stronger than they went into it. So you are not only a better person in terms of the life that you're building, but you're a better person in terms of what you can give back, you know, how you can help other people. And that's really where I'm headed now is just to try and build that life, that best possible version of myself, the best possible version of my life. And it all started off from a really crappy existence, you know, from a place that I really thought, you know, this is it for me. Uh, until I had that one change. The one change involved my son. Um, you know, it was something that was, it was big for me, big emotionally, but small in the, the grand scheme of things. But it helped me to make that one change and then the next change and then the next change. But just remember that, you know, there is always a solution to every problem. No matter what problem you've got, there is always a solution to it. Talk to somebody, right? Make a connection with somebody. Um, make sure that you ask for help, reach out. You know, there's always going to be somebody there that will hold your hand, that will take you on, that will listen to what you're, you have to say, right? Uh, and I'm always here. You know, it's just me on my own here. Um, you know, I haven't got a lot of time, but, you know, I have got time. So, you know, I'll do my best to help you or to point you in the, the, the direction that I can. Below this video, I'm going to leave a, a list of links to suicide hotlines uh, and places where you can get help. There's a good Wikipedia page for all that kind of stuff. As I said, there's also a link down below for the full video from Ed Mullins and um, I'll be posting the podcast between the two of us. We had some in interesting conversations over there. Uh, really a top guy to speak to. And um, yeah, it's, you know, I, I wanted to help because I had some personal experience of this, both from... Uh, uh, an interior thought perspective and as I said you know somebody very close to me took their own life and I know about the other side of that so if you want help quitting drinking alcohol there's some links down below from um, uh, the alcohol mastery website you can go there and get some help from there the main thing is to to ask for help no matter where you're getting that help you know you will always find that together we can do a lot more than we can do separated uh, it's one of the things that I found out since I started this journey that I have to involve other people in my life and involving other people has really given me so much more benefit. Helping other people has given me so much more benefit than I would have thought possible. So you'll find that there's plenty of people out there who are only too willing to listen and to help when they can. So please do reach out. You're not alone. So have a great holiday season and um, uh, in the new year. You can all set out those those uh, new targeted uh, things for ourselves to do. But yeah, it's getting through it and uh, having some fun doing it. Take care of yourself and I'll speak to you again soon. Onwards and upwards. Bye now.